Welcome back to Using My Degree. My name is Ollie, and this week's host is once again the lovely Sosa. This is for Chocolate Part 2. And honestly, this was originally supposed to be part of a different episode, Chocolate Part 1, as you heard last week. But some things got moved around, so if you hear references to this being mixed into Part 1, those are obviously now defunct, as you can tell, as they're not part of Part 1. Originally, part one was an uneditable disaster, which has yeah, been edited, as you've heard. Not very well, but edited. <sighs> but without further ado, here's some more questions about chocolate with the one and only lovely Sosa. Hi, nice to be back. Um, with chocolates, I will say again, from culinary school, they only spent three weeks on it, right? Which yeah. is such a sham. It really is, because I truly believe out of all genres for baking, chocolate is probably the misunderstood, or either it's just not seen anything special. Like, no one really... Like, I swear, most of the Instagrammers of baking... Students that graduated from culinary, their mm-hmm. Instagram account is usually either about sugar cookies, <laughs> t- selling them their business sugar cookies, or it's like cake decorating. That's all I ever seen. I never seen anyone try to do chocolates, nor even in CIA. Like there wasn't a lot of people that actually, like that topics energized them. Yeah. Um. Let me know if you agree with this team. Uh, I mean, I completely do. I mean, of everyone that I follow on Instagram that who's graduated from CIA that I've known or haven't known, the only one who I've seen actually do something with chocolate and do something well. To- it's Daniel Corpez. Daniel is like a full scale power. Um, he took extra classes, I heard. Like, he... I was going to say with Daniel, like... Because knowing the curriculum, the way it works at CIA, I was like, there's no way he learned... By the way, guys, you have to watch The School of Chocolate. I think it's an awesome, awesome, like, kind of game show, contestant show thing on Netflix. The difference that it makes is really Chef Omari. He... It's not about annihilating people from the competition. It's more about if someone's left behind, he personally teaches them. So it's way different from Iron Chef or any other cooking show. So really high respects. Please watch it. Um, And Daniel, who's one of the contestants, and he was really like, you can see the talent right from the show. Um, And he did huge, large sculptures and knowing how to paint them in a realistic way. I'm like, we didn't learn that from CIA. And um, and I'm pretty sure he took outside classes and he traveled a bit um, with other chocolatiers that are well known. Yeah, I mean, right now he's actually offering his own chocolate courses. I remember, um, I think for a senior capstone um, course, he decided to do chocolate sculpture, which he has pictures of on his Instagram, which I will be linking in the description because it's very impressive. He is a powerhouse when it comes to chocolate. And I mean, he's a lovely dude. I would order his stuff if you could. Yes, I believe he is in Canal Street, specifically Canal um, Market, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, But uh, I will say that... Yeah, like the chocolate realm, I think I wish more people saw that even. I feel personally, I try to get into that, you know, pathway. And no single textbook besides one teacher named Peter. Who's a massive asshole. I will say that. I can say that because he knows what he is. 
there's like barely like I can only get some chocolate knowledge and tips from magazine from certain magazines um and it's just it's like crazy because if you ask right a regular person hey do you know how a cake is made they get a general idea they're like right you make like flour butter sugar general ingredients mix it up bake it same thing with croissants cookies whatnot but when it comes to both chocolates and candy, I know we'll talk about candy in later on. Yes, there'll be a, next episode is candy making with me and Sosa. No. Chocolates, if you ask someone what is the procedure of chocolates, what ingredients you need to use, they don't know about cocoa nibs. They don't realize you can get co- um, cocoa powder from the actual cocoa bean. Mm-hmm. So I think um, it would be great to find what are the top like top five or three misconceptions about chocolate that you see of course yeah um so one of the misconceptions i see is people thinking that the percentage on a chocolate bar refers to the amount of cocoa solids in the finished product when in reality that's the amount of cocoa solids combined with cocoa butter in the product mm-hmm. and the rest of that percentage is the amount of um say sugar or milk powder and any other added ingredients such as ground and vanilla beans that they might have added um, another misconception is where chocolate originates from, if you would believe that. A lot of the time, people think that chocolate originated from, like, France or Switzerland. No, it's from Mexico. It is from Mexico, but people seem I'm to... I'm in shock. I'm like, vanilla and chocolate are both... Well, I'm yeah. really in shock. Yeah, I mean, people... Some I've met some people, for professionals, who have straight up said, Oh, yeah, um, all the best chocolates from Switzerland, so it's got to have been from Switzerland. It's like... That's the wrong climate, dickhead. Why why do they have that misconception? Do you think it's there's a little bit of like they believe chocolate is associated with a certain image, like a European image, instead of something like, you know, Latin America? Yeah. I feel as though it comes from a lack of proper education on the topic. Um, combined with the fact that when Europeans appropriated chocolate from the Mexican people, that um, it suddenly went from being this amazing um, life-saving medicine and beverage of the Aztecs to, oh, only the finest white people are drinking hot chocolate. And put a shit ton of, like, maple syrup or honey added into it. It's like, oh, yes, look at our white sugar and our white chocolate for us white people. Oh, they didn't put, right? Am I incorrect? Did they put um, honey or maple syrup at the time or nope, just straight they up They slept sugar? in as much white sugar as they could. Oh, my God. Also, at that time, any brown beverage was considered a breakfast drink, so Coca-Cola was on the table, okay. too. No, it's crazy. I think in the last vanilla bean episode I said um I came back from a Mexico trip um I'm just gonna say Mexico is so underrated it's literally the mother of all ingredients like France would not be France without Mexico yeah Switzerland would not be Switzerland without Mexico like all these European countries that get all the credit it's I really wish they would pay it to Mexico because their cuisines they have they just they just utilize their ingredients in such an unbelievable way. Like, their different types of salsas. Their cho- hot chocolates is one of them. I, me coming from a Western society, we're just going to talk about hot chocolate for quick. Of course. Um, I am so used to, like, thick, thick, heavy cream, yeah. um, frothy hot chocolate. And, you know, I want to taste, like, of course, sweetness. But going to Mexico... It was usually normal to literally have melted chocolate with water. 
it was often accompanied with water, not with heavy cream. Or, and of course, milk was an option, but it was always very thin. It was just very aerated. Mm -hmm. And there was this um, shop where they're like, Do, would you like Spanish style hot chocolate or Mexican hot chocolate? And the difference is just what you said, Oliver. Spanish is just a shit ton of sugar and it's way more thicker. And then uh, Mexican, they care so much more about the bitterness. Mm -hmm. That's what I got. And I think, you know, the misconception of chocolate all started there. Like, chocolate is meant to be bitter. It's meant to be aromatic, f fragrant. And sadly for me, I couldn't even adjust to the Mexican hot chocolate. I was like, oh, oh shit, like I'm so used to American Western. Yeah. Um, so, and I know you also enjoy Mexican hot chocolate. I would love to hear. Oh yeah, I adore Mexican hot chocolate. In fact, Sosa brought me some lovely chocolate made in Mexico specifically for making champorado, which I've mispronounced probably, um, which is traditionally made with a um, mezajillo, which is a, I did not say that correctly either. I don't know Spanish. Hi, I'm sorry. But it's sorry. like a disc of, it looks like a chocolate disc and yeah. you let it melt in whatever liquid you want. Mm -hmm. And um, due to the crystal structure of the sugar ground into the um, cocoa solids, it's apparently a magic... It, that's not magic. Nothing's magic here. It's <laughs> it's just a dream to melt into liquid, and it doesn't um, stay in clumps like normal chocolate would. It would just melt in with it's that so issue. It's so much better, right? Where it's, did powder? Where did powder um, hot cocoa come from? It came from white people. Oh my god! Do you mind? <laughs> do you know the history about like the general history about it? Yeah, of course. I mean, somewhat. I so it all started several i guess a couple hundred years ago when the spanish decided to invade um south america specifically in the area that we call mexico today mm -mm. and they slaughtered a bunch of the native people and determined that their way of life was monstrous and savagey and so they stole all the good things about mexico including the people and decided we're going to make it european and lovely now and so the spanish took the cocoa beans cultivated them in other countries with slavery because everything's fucked and from that point forward chocolate was grown specifically for rich upper um upper crust i guess upper society upper white society in europe that's probably where the reputation chocolate is associated with classism yeah yeah Choc the european like i think it's seen as sophisticated so no one would really associate it with a country like, sadly, Mexico, which probably still has that indigenous... Well, it is... What's the word? That barbaricness. Which is utterly sense. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I, f I mean, it's not just how I feel. It's how the most of the, you know, rational world feels that indigenous cultures are being buried and stomped on by people who feel that they're superior just because of the lightness of their skin. It's like, nobody... If the sun's out for too long, you turn into a lobster. So that's what you shut the fuck up. Sadly, people don't un understand. It's ridiculous, but... So, as I was... I guess what I was trying to say is... So Europeans are the ones who started adding milk to chocolate and hot chocolate in general. Mm -hmm. um, they also are the ones adding white sugar to it, which also was powered by slavery. Everything um, about... Every um, more high-end European thing you know is powered by slavery which is no surprise to anybody. And so um, that version of hot chocolate that was so popularized in Europe after being stolen by, um, by the Spanish um, from Mexico 
was then brought over to North America, where it got popularized by the Nestle Company. I'd like to stop you right there past me, because guess what? The Nestle Company isn't 200 years old. It almost is, but it's not 200 years old. Also, they didn't invent hot chocolate powder. I was a, I was a fool. I was wrong. They did not do that. They helped invent milk chocolate, but beyond that, they didn't make hot chocolate powder. It was actually invented in like the 1950s by some guy, and I mean, some that some guy has a name that will be linked in the description below. But for now. Um, it, hot chocolate was invented in the 1950s, specifically the instant um, powdered mix that we know today. It was then rebranded to Swiss Miss in the 1980s. Sorry for the misinformation. I don't intend to lead with false information. I will say that this podcast is not the best when it comes to research, because I typically slap these together within 30 seconds with a friend. But majority of the stuff in this episode was researched. I do promise that. However, I, my anger towards Nestle was too strong and I made a false claim. Um, besides that, there was also some misinformation in episode 3 of Chocolate Part 1, as you may have heard, where I joked with Jesse saying that I gave him the shitty purple pod. Um, turns out cacao pods can be purple. In fact, it's one of their main colors. And I might be a little colorblind because I just assumed it was brown. But apparently, with the right lighting, they're actually purple. Whoops. So yeah, that's um, that's all I have to say on that. Thank you for listening. And if you were trying to skip this thinking it was an ad, not yet. God, I hope I get sponsored. But <laughs> for now, just, just a clarification. Thank you for listening. Oh, are you telling the origins of Nestle? I actually, um, well, no, they, I mean, they've always been around, but for other products, such as stealing mm. water from indigenous people, Nestle fucking uh, sucks. Don't support them, please. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that um, Nestle existed for how long, would um, you say? They've been around for um, over 200 years. Wow. That's, I ain't gonna lie, that's pretty impressive. No, like, just letting you guys know, powdered chocolate, like, the powder from a hot chocolate packet, that's not a thing in Mexico. Yes. absolutely not and I remember one time I got this hot chocolate um, and there's just a red chili sticked in there and like clove spices and I remember it was just served like that and this was a small cafe where it was just some grandma making and her like grandchildren are running around Aww. and I was like and you know it's just I think it's all about sensation rather than just pleasing the sweetness of the tongue. Like, the smell, the aroma, the sweat helps you cool down, so that's probably why mm-hmm. um, the spices really help. But no, guys, I really recommend trying to try bitter chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, sadly, people know chocolate because brands like Hershey yeah. or Kit Kat. Like, Hershey is not even chocolate. It's made out of, if you don't mind me providing the details. I think Jesse and I actually went into this. He did give me shit for liking Hershey when I was a kid. But that's because of nostalgia. Oh, that's what we were taught, though. Yeah. And so, Hershey is made out of partially cocoa butter and of a cocoa butter imitation called PGPR, which um, I, I think I've spoken about it. Um, I talked about it already, but just as a refresher. PGPR is a cocoa butter... Um, it's a shit it causes cancer (laughs) oh my god okay that's all they need to know 
Yeah, don't eat a lot of it or you will shit yourself. And then you might shit yourself forever. <laughs> oh my god. But I think, again, um, probably in the previous episode, um, you guys talked about how chocolate is so mis- uh, misunderstood in terms of sweetness and how it actually is eaten. Um, and not only that, but I think, I always wonder why are bakers not interested in chocolates? Because I think if you, I'm just saying like, chocolate is so complex where when it comes to flavor combinations you can be so creative with your bonbons and i always wonder i'm like why has no one like like you can obsess over the different flavors like i have seen for instance someone do a black sesame caramel and ginger ganache inside of chocolate that sounds delicious um it's kind of like a cocktail i always connect those two i really believe um chocolate making and creating new flavors is very similar to mixology Mm -hmm. you know it's just that complex and you have to respect the ingredient for how it is yeah you know i mean a lot of times when you i feel as though there's a disturbance in the forest that we might have to get up off the stairs for so someone else can go back to their house it's ralphie brown or mark i'm just gonna get up real fast and move to the side so no one gets disturbed hi mark Good recording of material. Hi. I hope I'm not going off topic. Too. No, you're completely fine. I actually really like when you actually talk about things. I'm curious. Oh, wait. But anyway, I was gonna say. Um, I really wish bakers cared more about chocolates, cause again, it's like mixology. Like this, you kind of feel like a wizard, a flavor wizard. Yeah. Um, that's the best way I can explain it. Um. And the arts you can do with chocolates, uh, um, honestly, there's very few, but I really me- recommend you guys check out this Instagram by um, Louis Amando. So Louis Amando on Instagram, you'll find him. He just does insane stuff. Like, I think he did a cool, like, you know Game of Thrones, yeah. um, the Night Walkers and how their veins kind of pop in their skin? Yeah. So he did these, like, chocolate truffles that kind of showed their skin this gray, cold blue color Hmm. and he drew he painted the veins holy shit and then he did these cool chocolates he creates his own chocolate molds he did these chocolate molds where it was kind of like modern art rocks hell yeah like it was very organic rocks but it was very clean cut edges Hmm? and when you cut into them the filling is also as if you cut a stone so I'm just saying the chocolate world is really like magical sorcery. It is magic, Ollie. Oh, absolutely. So in terms of decorations, like chocolate is amazing. So again, I really wish bakers like appreciated it. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of times with chocolate, um, a lot of the more popular brands that bakers like, such as Calibut, use child slave labor. Oh my God. Yeah, and it's like... I see you're using all these beautiful um, different formulas from Calibut for, you know, making bonbons. But at the same time, you don't know about the emotional and physical toll on the children that went into those. Which sounds like I'm trying to guilt you for enjoying chocolate. And I promise I'm not. It's just that when there's more ethical options in the market and you're already paying that much for chocolate, it's better to examine what you have. Oh, how has the prices changed for chocolate over inflation? Well, they've kind of remained about the same for stuff like Valrona and um, what I've seen for Calibut's like gone about ten dollars up. Wow. Um, Guitar is also a good company. I 
Not sure if there's child slave labor in their products, which is always a good thing to know whether or not there is. I'm, I'm sure there's a website out there that you can use, um, check these things with. Um, I'm gonna take a sip break here, so so. Um, hello. <laughs> but what's the word? Um, chocolates. They. My question is, what is the most like ethical brand that's been out for chocolates? Well, I would say that depends on. There's always certain markers for what makes a brand ethical. Right. If you harvest the beans in an ethical way with people who are not being exploited, and by that I mean people who are being paid fairly for their labor instead of just said, oh, here's two dollars for that sack of beans, and then you resell the beans for like, you know, like say twenty dollars for a small bar. Oh, so that money exploitation. Yeah. If you monetarily exploit adults, that's almost just as bad as monetarily exploiting children and physically exploiting children. How is it on the... What's the environmental effects of when it comes to um, cacao beans plantations? Well, um, from what I know about chocolate, it's not produced the same way that vanilla and um, palm oil are produced. In fact, it's just cocoa trees, um, or cacao trees, my apologies, that are grown year-round. Um, the pods are picked off when they're ripe. Then they're usually slashed off with machetes, which, as you can probably guess, would, if missed times, lead to missing limbs or fingers. Has there been numerous cases where harm was done to the workers by accident? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like a Upton Sinclair's The Jungle out there, but instead of butchery, it's butchery of a different sort. No, I... Oh my god, I knew that c- cacao beans were intense labor, but I didn't realize, like, often people have... There's been casualties. Um, What is this co- conception that, like, chocolate... There's also, I feel like, people think chocolate often comes from Madagascar. Or Africa. Am I incorrect on that? You are not. Sorry. My, um... Oh, there we go. Sorry, my laptop decided to freeze for some reason and scared the fuck out of me. (laughs) Sorry, can you repeat the question? So, there's... I... It just popped in my head randomly. There was this image of, like, Madagascar and, in general, Africa. Because I remember as a kid when I used to... I had to sell those chocolate bars for a dollar. For whatever fucking donation they wanted. And I remember they always said, like, oh, like, it's for Africa. Or, like, the chocolates itself are from Africa. Is that... I feel like a lot of people would think chocolate is also from Africa. If it, I mean, you'd be right about that. Some people assume that simply because that's where most of the world's cocoa um, and chocolate production is um, currently. Let me rephrase that. Africa is where most of the world's cacao beans are grown. Mm. And because it depends... Also... So it is correct. It is correct. Um, some people are like, oh, chocolate's from Africa because all the beans are grown there. And it's like, no, that's what slavery was for. For, no. So it was established because it was out of force, yeah. basically. Also, fuck the British. I, I'm going to say this right now. Um, if it weren't for them, I'm pretty sure there'd be less suffering in Africa. The Queen um, has 
the queen's like, oh, African independence today, and they, she fucking visits, and she's a little happy bitch. It's like, no, you crinkly old napkin. You're the reason why they needed a fucking independence day. I'm going to connect a joke, English government. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, some people think that cocoa beans come from Africa. Sorry, I went on a tangent. I feel very no, strongly the, against the British. Where in Mexico they come from, the chocolate regions is called T- Tabasco and... Um, Chiapas, which is really near, I believe, they're really near Mexico City. My map could be wrong, but it's located that, and they're kind of on top of each other. And those two regions, they do a lot of great chocolate tours. Um, it's insane because the prices of chocolate there, it's it's like one chocolate bar is like $2. That's nothing. Yeah, it's literally nothing. But yet they're being exploited. So I'm thinking about what you said. Like yet they have to produce for other companies, and mm-hmm. they don't. People don't really know it's from yeah. there, or if if or maybe they use oh from Tabasco chocolate region, and they use that as a marketing game up for their own company. Yeah, I think on this note, I will say chocolate is the wondrous world. Um, for bakers, I really encourage, please, like, try. If you're a huge mixologist person, I would say you would love chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it literally comes from, A, if you're an artist, sculpturing, not only that, thinking of different geometric shapes to mold them in. And then from, like, in general, the history it has from Mexico. You know, it's a really rich, deep history. I think there's, it's a really deep world. I think chocolate so I really recommend like like just exploring that entirely yeah the world of chocolate is one such as the world of vanilla one marked with suffering the cruelty toward people and animal alike and overall exploitation of people who should never have been exploited in the first place the world is built solely upon the suffering of others because if we live in a capitalistic society hell-bent on milking people for all they're worth but never leaving anything good in return. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we can't enjoy the small things we, that we do have. So where would you say is a chocolate brand that you can support without feeling like shit? I would say you actually recommend me this brand. Hmm? Um, I remember it started with a tea. I'm trying to remember. Oh, my God. I for- completely forgot. It's all right. You can edit this part. Let me just Excuse look me. it up. So, um, a chocolate brand I really recommend is Tony's Chocolony. I remember you introduced me to that one. It's really tasty and it's affordable. I don't know how ethical and affordable goes hand in hand, especially in this day and age. I I get that. Um, Tony's Chocolony actually, they're 100% slave labor free, which is not that difficult if you actually care about not producing your shit with slavery. But I don't know if there's any chocolate producers exclusively using slave labor listening to this out there. And when, I guess at one point in their production, when they found out that their hazelnut producer was using slave labor to get those hazelnuts to them, they cut off that supplier entirely and chose a different person. Like, they care about ethics, sustainability, and overall making sure people are free. And it's been, like... It's been sustaining for a long time in the market. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been there for a couple of years. I think over nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to double check on that. Don't quote me on it. But it's doing a great job. So, again, I recommend it. Um, 
but yo, the best thing about chocolate, I think it just has probably one of the most interesting histories. Mm-hmm. And I would say, if you want chocolate, but you're not sure if it's slave labor of free or not. Oh, there's you, a way to check that? There is. And you're like, shit, my phone just died, and you don't have, you're not anywhere near your computer, and you're not near a library. The best way to check is to see if the bag says certified B Corp. Because that means that they were rated by uh, the B Corporation to be slave-free and ranked as ethical. I, wow. Mm-hmm. I, I think I want to, like, go to the convenience store and just check mm-hmm. everything. One of, one company that I enjoy that was um, recently certified a few years ago is Valrona. I, as I said in the previous chocolate episode, am a whore for Valrona, and I love all of their products. And with the right amount of money, I will gladly use only their products for the rest of my life. Oh my god, no, I also recommend Valrona. It's not just some cult, like, it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. God, I, I love their... So they have multiple um, per, uh, multiple 66% um, chocolates. My favorite is their Karebe. I'm not saying that correctly. Um... What's your view on white chocolate? Let's actually talk about that. I think that's probably a lot of people like fight over this type of shit. White chocolate. So we answered that question the last episode, but yeah. Jesse and I had like similar answers. I'm gl- I'm actually curious to see what you're gonna say after I say my piece. Because, okay, can I tell you something? Obviously, no shit. It's not chocolate by definition. Oh. Or... <laughs> Is it not? Correct well, me. Well. Go, go keep going. I'm going to tell you my answer after you're done. I think for me, this is my personal answer. Um, as you're, For me, I think it's important to be a good eater and actually, like, we have genetically modified so many things like vegetables and carrots. Like, carrots are not supposed to be that sweet. They're supposed to be brutally bitter. Well, that's just, like, well, I mean, that's selective breeding. There's a difference between um, genetically modifying an ingredient. I remember talking about with uh, Castora, if you heard of her. I have not. So she was an anthropologist. She was talking about how carrots, like, we have changed it so much because it was just too bitter. Like, they used to all be purple. Mm. But now we have orange. Anyway, the point is yes. that there's been ingredients that we definitely changed through science um, to make them sweeter. So I think... As I'm getting older, if you actually try things as they're bitter, you know, especially coming from India, I mean, coming from both India and Bangladesh. But if you try, like, if you go back to the roots and origins and try the ingredients for how it actually is, like we talked about with hot chocolate, um, there's just such a different standard to what good food is mm-hmm. once you do that. You know, so I think for me to have white chocolate in contrast of all of that, it's kind of like, whoa, like, I don't, like, value sweetness as much. And I think that's why I'm not a fan of white chocolate, but don't get me wrong, if used right, it can be, taste, it can taste well. But for me, I'm more on the bitter and dark side. Yes, but is it real chocolate? I, it has cocoa butter, correct? Yeah. Um... Well, what makes chocolate chocolate? Like, is it, is it the ingredients? Is it the, is it the fact that it can be turned into a bar? Like, it depends on your terms. Is it the fact that your boyfriend's currently calling you? Oh, sorry. Yep. So we were talking about brands. I'm we trying were, to recap. We were talking about white chocolate, whether or not it was a real chocolate. 
And you were trying to say, what makes a real chocolate a real chocolate? I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty... I'm, I think I left it open-ended. I don't have vendetta against white chocolate like some other people do. Because um, for me, I just... I think it's going to get real philosophical. Go for it. There's so many ways you can measure chocolate. And, it's, and there's too many people that have too many opinions on how to measure it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I don't give a shit. That's my like simple answer. Um, yeah, but if you want to give your opinion, I would be open to hear. Well. And Jesse, I would like to hear a summary of that. Jesse and I had very similar opinions on this, which can, you can be found, shit, which can be found in Chocolate Part 1, uh, which is the Mental Breakdown episode, as I've mentioned prior, uh, where I was like, he asked me, what do you, th-? either he asked me or I asked him, I can't remember at this moment in time. Um, so... Do you think white chocolate is real chocolate? To which I said, I think it, anything's chocolate so long as you can temper it. Mm. And so I, I'm on the idea of white chocolate, bless you, white chocolate is chocolate because you can temper it. Same as like Valrona's raspberry and uzu and strawberry chocolates. Mm. No, and I think that's what I mean. Like people right people are like oh it's not chocolate because it doesn't come from cocoa bean they think ingredient mindset versus someone it's like yo it's versatile you can literally it performs like a chocolate bar it performs like a chocolate bonbon you know so i think it's really up to that like do you care about the ingredients or do you care more about the the way it behaves like chocolate I mean, I personally think it behaves like a bitch and tempering. It's a pain in my goddamn yes. ass. But yes, I it's think, still chocolate. Yeah, chocolate is so much easier to um, maintain the temper. Um, yeah, and... Uh, man. Yeah, I really don't know what else to say. Yeah, I think we've said all we can about white chocolate. And, well, I guess... I guess that closes out this episode. Unless was you... it too little? No, we are at 40 minutes. Okay, that's a good thing? That's more than good. My The original take for this episode was going to be six minutes long. Damn, I feel bad because I felt like I didn't really have good input. You have amazing input. You asked, why is the misconception about chocolate? And we spun off from there. I would say you did great. We're still going. Hi. Sorry, I'm very new. It... Well, this probably won't be in the video. This probably will be edited out, but... You know what? Who knows what this will end up as? It might end up in the outtakes that I post in my coffee. Every oh, single... you post yeah. the outtakes? So I have a folder on my... <laughs> Shut up, dogs. I'll kill you myself. Speaking of which, I have a folder on my laptop called I'll Kill You, which is filled with all of the outtakes for every episode so far, including some stuff from my other podcast yet to be released called House on the Edge, which is a murder mystery and baking podcast, if you happen to be interested in that kind of thing. Huh. Okay, but, I think we can call this a... But uh, thank you for joining us for Chocolate Part 2. Next week's episode is going to be candy making and bonbons. Once again with our lovely co-host, Sosa. Thank you for having me, and I hope to see you guys next time. Peace out.